Good morning. I have the honor today to introduce to you Stephanie Fever. Um, I met Stephanie four or five years ago when she started coming to Mom's Morning Out at the Cedar Falls campus. Uh, she has two kiddos uh, who are up here in the front row, Will and uh, Carly, and her husband Thad's here with us today too. Um, I also got to know Stephanie much better when she took the journey class with us a couple years ago. So she has an awesome story and a lot to say to us today. Uh, Stephanie is a freelance artist and a stay-at-home mom, so she's a busy, busy lady. But she still finds time um, to really give back to Orchard. So she works on our Days for Girl pro Girls project. She has volunteered at Christmas and Walnut in the craft area, being an artist. She helps with the youth art team, as well as opening her home to a group of college students that meet there on, I don't know if it's weekly or monthly, and there's a whole bunch of them here today supporting her too. So please welcome Stephanie as she courageously, as she courageously shares with us today. Thank you. <laughs> Good morning. All right. <clears throat> My story begins on October 28, 1983. I was born in Grand Island, Nebraska. I was the firstborn, the first grandchild on each side. When I was one, we moved to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And when I turned three, we moved to the Des Moines area where we stayed the rest of my childhood. We moved into the best neighborhood, full of kids playing outside, block parties, and more. It was a great community and my first memorable place of belonging. My sister Kristen was born two weeks after we moved in. I had no idea at the time that this was the start of a very special relationship. I needed her and she needed me. Oh, there we go. <laughs> we were quite the dynamic duo. <laughs> um, shortly after she was born, I started preschool. And believe it or not, at age three, I met my best friend. We did everything together and eventually included my sister too. At age three, I had my sister and my best friend Liz. They were my consistency and still are today. Most of my childhood memories are spent with these two and my life would be drastically different without them. This was also the year that I started gymnastics class. There wasn't a day that went by that I was not flipping off the couch or using the back of the couch as a balance beam. The love of that stinky, chalky gym grew, and I started competing at the age of nine. I advanced to a new level each year to where I was doing college-level skills at the age of 12. My team and my coaches were like a second family to me. During these competitive years, my daily routine would consist of coming home from school, making my sister and I a snack, usually a bowl of Fruit Loops or Frosted Flakes, <laughs> watch an episode of Saved by the Bell, Hello 1996, then do my homework and wait for mom and dad to get home so that um, we could eat dinner quick and get me to gymnastics, where I would then practice from 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock, four nights a week. This was my life, and I really didn't know any different. During this time, I was fortunate enough to somehow work in playing softball. I loved it so much. I played rec leagues, tournament leagues, and fall ball sometimes. Um, the photo, I'm the one in the middle, and Liz is the one on the right with her chin up in the air. <laughs> um, you can tell that we had a lot of fun together. But um, best of all, with softball, my dad and Liz's dad were the coaches every year. Liz was on my team, and through softball, we met many other friends that lasted all through school and some still today. Another community had been formed. 
Many of my teammates' parents started hanging out as well. There were many loud ping-pong tournaments and after-game pizza parties, and we mostly all started going to church together, at least on the days that my parents didn't want to sleep in. This new community formed at a good time, because later in grade school, my parents decided that they wanted to build a house. It was something they had been dreaming about doing, and so we moved away from my favorite neighborhood uh, to the new one. Although it wasn't so bad, because we moved directly across the street from Liz, we would literally have hand signals that we did from our bedroom windows for where and when to meet up, usually on the back rocks in the creek behind our house. It was great living across the street from my best friend. Her parents even became like second parents to me. Liz's mom was always home to chat and chauffeur us around. But living across the street from Liz did not last long. My parents fought all the time. I have many heartbreaking memories of my sister and I <sighs> coming out into the hall at night, holding on to the banisters, and listening to the fighting. and hugging each other and crying together. We would watch my mom storm out and leave my dad crying. My journals from these preteen years were full of anger as they separated. I was very grateful that during this time, my dad started sharing with Kristen and I about who Jesus is. He had recently started following the Lord. In the past, we went to church every once in a while as more of a routine but I never really knew that I could actually have a relationship with Jesus. I decided one night after doing devotions with Dad and Kristen that I wanted to know more about this deep love of Jesus and to start living for him. So at age 13, I started shaping my life around the Bible and seeing things more in the light. My journaling went from preteen angst to prayers of gratitude during a whole new world of changes. I realized that God has his hand on my life, and I knew it was going to be okay. Right around this time that my parents divorced, my dad encouraged me to quit gymnastics. All the crazy hours of practice, the life I once knew was coming to a close. I remember it being a good decision at the time. I was in middle school, and there were so many opportunities for me to get involved in. And I had much more time to hang out with my friends, which was essential at that age. A combination of gymnastics training and softball set me up well for other athletics. They came very easy. I joined the volleyball team and ran track. Then going into high school, I made the varsity dance team and track team as a freshman, being privileged enough to make it to state each year to run at Drake. I got to know new coaches and invest a lot of time on a new team. Another encouraging community had formed. Back in Buck... Backing up a little bit and expanding on how quickly my early teenage life kept rotating, about nine months after my parents divorced, my dad got engaged and married to my stepmom, Susan. My sister and I were not ready for this, but we knew that dad didn't want to be alone, and we just wanted him to be happy. In fact, the first time my sister and I met her was just a series of incredibly awkward silences. <laughs> dad was trying so hard to make conversation. The next year after that, my mom and my stepdad, John, got married. Then within that next year, my mom and John had my brother, Michael. This was my freshman year in high school. One year after that, my dad and Susan had my brother, Frankie. Another year after that, my mom and John had my brother, Mason. 
This was my senior year, and I actually got to witness him being born. Then not even another year after that, um, during my freshman year in college, my mom and John had my brother Carson. My youngest brother and I are 20 years apart. While I wish I had more time to grow up with my four brothers, it was fun having lots of memories of them when they were little that I can tease and remind them about now. Lots of change happened really fast for my sister and I. It did not make it easy as a teenager having your parents start a family. All of our traditions changed. What was once normal around the house no longer was. It was like I was raised differently before age 13 than I was after 13. A parent-step-parent love for you is completely different than the love that they have together for their new child. I was always a very positive person, and people on the outside may not have noticed, uh, but this was about the time my lifelong struggle with feeling like I'm never good enough started. I could never measure up. I was scared to death to disappoint anyone, especially my parents, and I tried really hard not to. But it just felt like I kept disappointing them when really I was just trying to be myself and live life the way I was used to. There was a whole new set of expectations within these new growing families, and even within each of them individually came contrasting differences to get used to, as my sister and I switched back and forth, trying to figure out how to adjust each week. It was also hard during these years to invite a friend over, and my parents just sometimes didn't make it to some of my events. Well, I know both of my parents love me dearly, um, and I know that they tried their very best to make things as normal as possible for my, for my sister and I, but it just didn't happen. I never really felt like either, either house was home. We switched houses every five days. It wasn't easy as a teenager to switch midweek to a whole new set of expectations. It was a lot of back and forth. When I turned 16 and I had a car... My sister and I kept a lot of our wardrobe in that tiny Honda Civic. We literally had a shoe pile on the floor in the back seat because even though I was a casual Chuck Taylor shoe wearer, there was no way I wanted to take a chance on showing up in class wearing my platform heels with my bootcut jeans just because I left the appropriate shoes at the other house. That would just be an embarrassing amount of high water. Again, it was the 90s. Oh, boy. All shoes needed to be present in case of emergencies like that, for sure. Rides back and forth and splitting up the holidays, riding with my sister in the car became the new normal. And I thanked God every day that I had her to do life with. Liz and her group of friends, some from softball, and some others that we met along the way still remain close friends. And all through high school, and together we joined the FCA group at our school. I also started going to youth group at the new church that my dad and Susan went to. At this point in my new spiritual journey, a community of like-minded Christian friends who like to have fun and love the Lord is what I needed. I'm so fortunate that many of my childhood friends, who we all started the journey together, all followed the Lord and make good choices through high school. It was also through FCA and several art classes in high school that I met my now husband, Thad, and we became really close friends. My senior year in high school was the year of 9-11. It was homecoming week, 
And I was sitting there in Spanish class on costume day, wearing a Buzz Lightyear costume, watching the tragedies on TV. All activities and events canceled that week. But a few students from my class voiced their opinion to our superintendent that the homecoming football game should not be canceled. They talked of the need to come together as a school and a community. They actually convinced him, and we were the only school in Iowa and most of the country that continued with our Friday night football game that week. I was actually elected homecoming queen and had to walk out on the football field that night. I stood there during the national anthem and looked up at the crowd. It was larger than normal. People standing all over, lining the fences. People parked blocks away. People from other communities even came. I noticed that students that normally wouldn't be sitting with each other were sitting together. After the national anthem and piercing moment of silence, the noise came. It was so loud you couldn't even hear the fireworks shoot off. That night, as one of the only people out on the field, I learned and had the privilege of visually seeing the power that came from gathering together as a community during a tragedy. It was like everyone needed to be together. And looking back on those years growing up in Irvindale, I realized just that. The need to be around others, the consistent friendships, the blessing of a sister to do it all with, and a unique high school experience where everyone became friends. This is what got me through those teenage years of feeling like an outsider at home. Graduating from high school in 2002 and moving to my dorm room at UNI was the best day ever. <laughs> that little dorm room in Campbell Hall was the first place that felt like home in a long time. I had all my stuff in one place, and when I came home, I felt like I could just relax and be myself. I studied a lot in college and went to class, but the things that had the most impact and that I remember the most are the friendships I made. I was a part of the basic community, a competitive flag football team. I had a summer job as a camp counselor at Canicut Camps in Branson, Missouri, and the summer before my senior year, one of my roommates and I backpacked through six countries in Europe together. Together is a key word for my life. As much as time with others seemed to drain me as an introvert, I have once again in these years learned and appreciated the fact that God designed us to be together. And not just for companionship or growth, but there were even times on that trip to Europe that my friend and I actually needed each other for our own safety. Strength in numbers. <laughs> it was during this trip to Europe that I realized I wanted to marry Thad. We had been dating for a couple years, and as I sat outside the Colosseum in Rome, eating a bagel with jam, exhausted as a poor art student, wishing I could actually afford to go inside the Colosseum or eat a real meal, <laughs> I realized <laughs> how much I just wanted to go home and be with him. We were better together. We were engaged a few months later and got married in June of 2006 after graduating from college. As newlyweds, we moved to the Quad Cities for Thad to go to chiropractic school. We instantly joined a church in the area in a small group with a handful of other young adults. We all started out as newlyweds with no kids, and then us beginning the cycle of every couple months a baby being born within the group. You can easily see in the photo how quickly our group um, multiplied once we all had one child or two. We had our first child in October, in October of 2008, a baby boy we named Will. I never knew I could love someone so much. 
This small group of friends was so special, especially when my birth did not turn out as planned, with a two-day labor ending with a C-section and a long week in the NICU. But I had my friends going through similar things at the time. We encouraged each other and just practically practically walked through life together, learning what it's like to be a parent for the first time. They were my people. It was bittersweet the day that Thad graduated. We had to leave this great community, but we were ready and excited to move on in the next chapter of our lives and move back to our hometown in Des Moines where Thad would begin practicing with the doctor who inspired him to be a chiropractor. Unfortunately, the two and a half years we lived in Des Moines were our hardest since being married. What we thought would be a perfect fit was so not right. His boss was discouraging and set unreasonable standards. Thad was never home, like never, and he was super burnout with no return of enough income to even get by some months. He was a different person during these two years, and I was really missing the community we once had in the Quad Cities. We had our daughter Carly in August of 2011. This time the labor was super short, but I had a really hard recovery from lots of blood loss. While Thad was working constantly, and I was still recovering a few weeks after her birth, I was also packing and moving all of our stuff across town to a new place. I thought those long days of feeling lightheaded and lonely were never going to end. Even though this time was hard, the brightest and most joyful moment of these days in Des Moines was birthing my baby girl. I did so naturally this time in the comfort of my own home, and she was perfect. Carly's middle name is Joy, fitting for being the light during these dark, lonely days. We eventually decided that we had to move on. The stress of his job was not worth it. It was a hard decision on many factors. Most of our family lived in the area, and Thad would have to start from scratch again, starting a practice all over again with a zero patient base again. It just so happens that a friend from Cedar Falls was ready to bring on another doctor in the office, and it was a great fit for us. So we moved to Cedar Falls in April of 2013. I'm so fortunate that my husband absolutely loves what he does, but it does take time to build up a practice. We struggled financially for a while. He would come home from work. We would play tag team for him to be home with the kids while I worked random jobs. We moved so many times over the years from town to town or just across town to upgrade with more space or less rent, living in eight places in nine years of marriage, until the bank let us buy our first home in August of 2015. Being married for almost 12 years now, I am so glad that we did all of this together. I decided long ago that I was going to be the generation to put my foot down and break the cycle of divorce within my family. My parents are divorced, and both of my parents' parents are divorced. My mom doesn't even know her biological father, and my dad's dad has been married to six different wives. I am the first generation to include Jesus in the center, and I cannot wait to celebrate that with Thad for the rest of my life. It's been exactly five years now that we've lived in Cedar Falls. Once again, God has provided for us an incredible community full of love and encouragement, a friendly neighborhood, 
an authentic church and mom's group that has grown me tremendously and has helped normalize life a little. While some days I feel like I may not have found my place just yet as I have been in transition over the last year since my youngest went off to kindergarten in the fall, I do feel so grateful for the acquaintances and friends that I have shared experiences with along the way. Thad and I have grown the closest in the last five years, and I've watched my kids flourish in a community of friends that I've always prayed for them to have. That's a photo of the four of us. Um, Downtown Cedar Falls around Christmas time this past year. Um, Today I still struggle frequently with being good enough or fully committing to things because of the fear of failure or change. Will I be a good enough mom, a good enough wife, a good enough daughter, a good enough friend, a good enough artist, or what if I start something and then things change again? But one thing I do know is that it's very easy for me to look back over my life so far and see how God has placed just the right person or people in my life at just the right time. People to help me stay focused on God when times got rough and people to just be an encouragement to do life with at the same time. My sister to go through it all with. My best friend Liz to be my consistency and source of laughter. My dad to show me who God is. My friends Callie and Amber to go through life circumstances at the same time with. My husband Thad to be my genuine encourager. And my kiddos Will and Carly to be my two sparks of energy that make me realize that life is not about me, but about being together and loving each other along the way. Just what Jesus wants us to do. In Matthew 18.20, it says, For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. He always has been, and it sure is a good feeling knowing that he always will be. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Stephanie. That was awesome. Um, So the power of Stephanie's story is really that it could be the story of so many of us sitting in the seats today. And our hope is that by Stephanie sharing her story, Not only can you see God in her life, but maybe it helps you to see God in your own life. Perhaps you two are a child of divorce, or maybe you feel a deep desire for community. Maybe you share her feelings of inadequacy, which she is an awesome woman, and I, yeah, I pray that that can go away. Um, or maybe you strive to be that transformational generation, the generation that says, this stops now. But just um, like God has met Stephanie and continues to work in her life, I just want to encourage you that he is pursuing you too. And I encourage you to look around and see um, where he's at in your life, like Stephanie's done so well over the years. So will you guys pray with me? Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for Stephanie and her story, for her willingness to share both the good and the hard times and for her her ability to see you throughout it all. Um, Thank you for the people that you put in her life to walk with her in community. Uh, God, you are always faithful. Help us all to recognize you in our lives during our struggles and our good times. Help us to find and embrace the community around us and to live in your grace and forgiveness. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen.